after three beers and a movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 272 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Good evening, sir. Almost upright Colin McKay. He looks oh. less ill than he was last week. Uh, yeah, I've, I've um, fought off death. <laughs> Been resurrected. <laughs> so much so that we're talking about what we should talk about this week and you kept mentioning things that you very much talked about last week. Last week, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have no recollection of last uh, Thursday. Yeah, essentially. I know. That, that's, uh, pretty much every, everything I've mentioned you've been like, oh, that was last week. Like, yeah. Okay, right. So at least never know what not to talk about. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty much. Yeah, you're pretty much. Yeah, you're. Um, you're, you're definitely a week behind or a week ahead. You've, you've definitely missed a week. You've got yeah. some lost time in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Fuzzy head has has fucked me up. Um, but feeling feeling better now. So. That's good. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm not drinking anything because I've been out being busy, being a, a dog dad. Um, uh, so I'm not drinking. But you are drinking something. You bought something special for tonight. What did you yeah, buy? Yeah, um, I wasn't going to drink, and I was at the local shop, and, and I seen the can on the shelf, and I couldn't resist buying it because um, I'm always trying to impress you with my beer choices. So I bought mm-hmm. a can of Zuber, um, which is entirely in Polish on mm-hmm. the can. So I've no idea anything. Well, you're drinking, you're drinking so, anything. Could be drinking anything. Um, it's Zuber, and it's got a picture of a a, a bison on the can and apparently Zuber is the Polish word for a European bison. And you said, the, um, you said it's quite nice and what did you compare it to? It is, it's like a kind of, in Scotland we call it a heavy, I don't know what, what a heavy is really like in terms of normal but it's like a kind of earthy kind of taste and mm. kind of ale almost. Um, yeah. But it's actually quite quite pleasant to drink. Um, just can't read a fucking I can picture you at a bus station drinking it out of a brown bag. <laughs> No, it's classy on that. It's quite a classy can. You wouldn't know. You'd put a can. bag over that. That's a nice yeah. can. It's got a big bucket. Picture you in a Warsaw bus station, sleeping <laughs> up in, under a bench. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Walking um, about, all the thing I can say is Zuber. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, so, enjoy your beer call. I'll hopefully have a nice week beer next week with you because I've got a bit more chill time next week. Um, what have you been watching at home? Anything of interest? Um, I've actually not because of illness last week and stuff like that um, and then my, my kind of family commitments at the weekend I've not done any viewing whatsoever uh, Modern Family we're still kind of watching episodes mm. of that periodically um, but no in terms of TV that that's uh, I've still not I've not watched Andor yet the, the well, latest one so I'll catch up with that over the weekend and report back to you next week nice one uh, so that's that's my not cinema viewings right there do you want to watch the same? I, I think I've, I've started rewatching for the first time in a long time the X Files. Um, oh, Lorraine was rewatching that uh, about a year and a half ago. Yeah. She got up to about season four and then I think she just kind of tailed off again. Yeah, it's phenomenally good. Like, it really still? is. Like, watch it. It's still, it's actually, even though it's set in the 90s, obviously, and it's filmed in the 90s, it's quite timeless in many mm-hmm. ways. Yeah. You know, there's not a lot that sort of dates it. Some of the technology a little bit, but it's not. It's still. It's a good procedural show. Um, yeah, it's just kind of, I guess, like fucking cops investigating stuff. Do you know what I mean? Which is uh, always a process. It's yeah. Still the same now, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. Some are great. There's the odd real conquer episode, but for the most part, they're all very good. There's some really, like, just some genuinely really interesting, clever ideas, and you left really well done. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's more that they came up with consistently. Though, as you yeah, said, there yeah. were a few duffs, but I mean, they, they were running like what, kind of twenty episodes a season. Twenty four. Do you know what I mean? Over like, but uh, the first four seasons, I would say. Do you know what I mean like? Up to the movie, up to the first movie came out, it was, it yeah. was brilliant. It really was excellent. The, the hit rate was phenomenal for it, and just yeah. to churn out quality week after week was so, so well done. Yeah, yeah. I was watching the one recently, the one Ice, remember that one? The one that's sort of basically a rip off of the thing? Yes. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a good episode. That's really well done. Yeah. What's your favourite episode? Have you got a favourite? I have got a few favourite. I love a few of them. Um, like, obviously, it's easy to say, but there's Tombs. Um, you know, tombs is, but tombs that's... That, that's for a reason. It's for episode me. three, that is. Tombs is episode three of the entire yeah. run. Oh, yeah. And then um, they brought them back season two? Was it season the end of season one? No, actually? season end of season one they brought them back, and that's a squeeze. Yeah, yeah which was good as well. Two, yeah. two brilliant ones. There's one in the first season called, is it Soft Light? And it's got Tony Shalhoub in it, and he's, he's a particle physicist who's... The guy with the shadows. Shadow becomes a black hole. Yeah, I love that one, because he's, he's, he's kind of under fluorescent light, so it doesn't cast a shadow. That's probably, yeah. Yeah, the one with Bruce Campbell. But that, that does he's, he plays the devil, he's impregnated. Yeah, he's, got, he's got the tail. Yeah, yeah there's that <laughs> one. There's a real great one I love. It's kind of, it's, I like them a wee bit quirky. There's one with like a baseball player who might have been an alien. I don't that one. That's really good. And there's one where they go and investigate like circus freaks. Yes, Jim Rose's circus. Yes. Yeah, that that's a good one as well. Because it's genuinely, no, that's who they are. I mean, it's like they're not actors. That's that's them. 
Yeah, so some, this is some one like some great stuff that, that stands out. Um, so yeah, but I'm, I'm rewatching that. And I'm very, it's very much richer than he's when he was 13 years old. Are you, going to, are you going to? Are you going to stop at Mulder and Scully? Are you going to go into? I think I might try and watch the Doggett stuff. I never really got into the dog. I never really yeah, got, I, yeah. kind of stopped before the Doggett stuff. Um, yeah. So I might try and give it a watch to try and see how it finishes off. Because it actually, it's, it's got like Carrie Elways and stuff in it. Apparently, he plays like the um, the Mitch. He comes in and sort of like shadow Mitch Pelleggi and stuff like that. So it's got a decent, like a decent uh, bunch of you know. It's Robert, Robert Patrick, Patrick it isn't it? Yeah, I mean Robert Patrick's yeah. he's solid as well. Yeah. But no, I was the same as you. I kinda I never quite made it up to the doggit stuff. I think I maybe seen the odd episode or two, yeah. because Mulder and Scullin and it, there's just no you cannot like, and what I've noticed the charm between them two early on is instantly the first episode it's there. The their chemistry is stunning. Like yeah. It's light in a bottle. It's like Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd Moonlight. Do you know I mean it's just that that's the natural chemistry that just yeah. gives the show so so much more. Yeah. Are you are you going to are you going to be be a diehard on this one and watch uh, Millennium as well? I've not watched my, I've only only dipped into a few episodes of Millennium, so I've heard it's very I've heard it's a lot better than people gave it credit for. Jeez, so Millennium was amazing. That, that was a massive, massive fan of that, and it's a perfect companion piece to X Files. They crossed yeah. over in a couple of episodes as well. Well, it started in Millennium. It started in X Files, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a writer who um, spun it off, and also yeah. Lone Gunman as well. That was a season yeah. for as I well. Never, I watched one or two of them. I never delved into the season, but I would, I would highlight if you've not seen it all, Millennium. Yes, I will. I think hopefully it's on Disney because Exodus is all on Disney Plus now, so it's nice and easy to watch. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So I'm I'm been watching that. So that, that's been my like non TV viewing. So from that we'll move on to some movies, and I think this week comes essentially me trying to convince you to watch or not watch things. Well, I've got three on on that, that I can that I can talk about. But, and uh, you, win, you, right. you can you can go first and. Cool. Right. We'll start with this one first. So the one is on Netflix. And it's called The Good Nurse. Um, and it's directed by Tobias Lindholm, um, who was a writer on Another Round, if you remember that one. Um, the one with uh, the guy that they... they Mads Mikkelsen. Mads Mikkelsen, they're trying to remain I've drunk. I've still not seen that yet, still. Phenomenal film, one, a stunningly good film. Um, he also wrote The Hunt, the one with Mads Mikkelsen, when he ah, yeah. her, who gets accused of something that, you know, that wasn't mm-hmm. true. Um, great film, a phenomenally good film as well. But he's also directed uh, a film called The Hijacking and a bunch of episodes of Mindhunter that was on Netflix right, as well. Okay. Yeah, so he's got he's got some yeah some chops there. Um, and so this film's also co-written co-written by Kirsty Wilson Cairns, um, Scottish girl. She comes, I think she comes from East Kilbride. I might be wrong with that, but she wrote 1914 or 1917. Sorry. Oh, uh, like the one that, that I like. Yeah, 1917, yeah, yeah. that one. And she also wrote some. She wrote Last Night in Soho as well with Edgar Wright. Oh, right, okay, cool. I think she's on the next Star Wars project. I think she's working with Taika um, on the next Star Wars project. Oh, that would be interesting. So, yeah. Local girl doing good. Um, it's, just, the plot is, it's, it's a true story, so it's hard not to spoil it, but it's, a, it's basically the story of America's most prolific serial killer, who was a nurse who was essentially injecting people with um, insulin and just killing them. But it's more the story of how, it's, how they get away with it, not because of what they do it's like the idea of like the the politics involved in, in the american medical system how it sort of shunts them from hospital to hospital mm. not taking responsibility and allows them to like sort of basically work over the course of like about i think it, 10 to 15 years and um, the story revolves around him basically a female nurse making friends with him and um, because she's got a heart condition she needs to basically work at this hospital for the next six months so she can get like sick pay so she actually won't get a heart fixed otherwise she could die um, and he becomes a guy who sort of looks after her and sort of takes up her shifts and helps her out and sort of becomes this sort of real angel um on her shoulder and um, but then she becomes suspicious of the number of people who are dying on his watch and starts to investigate herself but it always all the hospitals that are doing it are basically stunned to silence they won't say anything for yeah. fear litigation and it's basically them trying to expose the um the killer the good um, doctor. um is so uh, you know i'm going to go with an obvious comparison um harold chipman um is, is he prolific or partly 400 is what they think wow yeah hell. so he's american's most prolific serial killer um but he has like 400 people apparently he supposedly could have killed they don't they can't confirm all of them obviously but yeah. they're in about that based on what they've looked at the records and things That's... like that so yeah. yeah. Um, so I think Jessica Chastain, she plays essentially the good nurse mm. um, who's investigating it when she sees things going wrong. Eddie Redmayne plays the, well, 
supposed good nurse, but actually bad nurse. Um, you get Noah Emery popping up in as well, Namde Asimogo, Kim Dickens, and Malik Yoba. But it really is very much the Chastain and Redmayne show um, for all of it. Um, this is very much a slow a slow burner of a thriller. Um, it's from the outset, it's very much you're very much aware of who's guilty. You know, you you almost know it's not subtle as to who's the baddie is. I would say. It's, it's watching it unfold and watching her because it, it seems like a genuine friendship they have. You know, it doesn't seem like he's playing her anyway to try and be, you know, get her close. He seems to genuinely care for her and she seems to also genuinely care for him. Yeah. And it's just as this thing starts to unfold, you see this sort of the friendship increasing and then the friendship declining and ultimately how it unfolds from there. Um, so it, it's, and it's also, what I would say as well, We've became a bit immune, I think, now to the serial killer movie. You know, when it's yeah. all glamorising serial killer. Sadly, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not glamorising serial killer. It's very much about the person who discovers the serial killer and, and doesn't at any point try and make him out to be sexy and cool and look how debonair he is for doing this. It's very much he is a bad man, you know. Yeah. Bad idea. Um, just just quickly before we move on, just oh, just similar subject. Um, see shit's coming back to me now, and I'm starting mm-hmm. to think. But we watched. I did watch something else to be unexplained mysteries. I'm watching that mm. uh, unsolved mysteries. Sorry. Yep. And there, there was a kind of episode we were watching, and I'll get to where we're going in just a minute because it ties in what you're talking about. Okay. Um, where um this couple kind of kidnapped a girl, um tortured her, killed her, done the same thing. Our girl got put in prison. But I, I was asking Lorraine, and because she's kind of big into her crime and stuff like that. But I, I don't understand this this dynamic with, with, with couples. Um, do you know what I mean where like you know, one of them knows that they'll want to do stuff like that, but they'll go a long way to help them and stuff like that. Mm. It's fucking, I don't, I don't. So imagine you sitting to jail, you know, jail, how would you fancy, you know, just come in and we'll just, you know, decapitate somebody, do you know what I mean? Be like, what, what the fuck, do you know what I mean? Aye, yeah. It just, it just kind of befuddles me to, to how these people maybe it's like many people find like minded people could be that kind of idea. Know, it's, it's just strange, but kind of similar there. You were saying these two people generally kind of care for each other, stuff like that. Yeah, well, see, Jessica Chastain is not bad in it, she's she's yeah. a good nurse, she's yeah, not yeah. killing people. Yeah. Um, and she is also very good in it because she's Jessica Chastain and she's yeah. always very good at it. It's very, again, very muted performance, it's, it's an emotional performance, it's, it's definitely not flashy in any way. Um, Eddie Redmayne, who I know me and you are probably not. Fans of mostly. Oh, with the he's actually, I would say, very good in this. He actually he brings a lot. Of, he brings a different approach to it. It's, it's not a big role in many ways. It's, again, very slight, very human in many ways, which I think is probably the best way to describe it. Um, so I actually enjoyed Redman in this more than I've enjoyed him in pretty much. Is he doing an, is he an American accent? Yeah. American accent, yes. He's still doing that stupid whisper shit he does. Not so much, no. It feels a genuine. It feels like a real person. It feels like a genuine yeah. performance, yeah. Um, and it, it doesn't feel caricature. I always think Red Red Redman is very caricatured of his yeah. performance. Yes, indeed. Yep. You know, so um, it, it definitely doesn't feel like that at all. So I actually really, I actually enjoyed him in the film as well. It is insanely bleak, you know, and, yeah. and oh, very, funny. very sad. Yeah, it's, it's not no means a, a happy watch, um, but I did enjoy the the vic- the focus on the victims. Um, rather than on him, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. Um, it is very compelling throughout, but at the end of it, I did feel a little bit just dejected from it. But it is good, that, as you kind of mentioned, that, that they're making films like this now that aren't sensationalising it. You know, like we've yeah. kind of had the Zac Efron ones and, and these kind of Dammer ones and all that, and they do seem to be more on the, the you know, sensational side, whereas yeah. this seems to be, you know, like no, the, the, you know, this isn't cool. It's not fucking rock and roll. You know, it's and equally, I think this film is also about it's not just so much about the person who done it, but also the, a damnation of the the system that allowed them to do it. Mm. You know, like the American yeah. medical system is just so fucked beyond belief yeah. that yeah. you were allowed to get away with doing this for so so long. Yeah, what was it, say 15 years, 10, 15 years? I think, I think between 10 and 15 years he was doing it for you. Yeah. Basically, the kind of old Catholic priest thing, getting shuffled from hospital to hospital, not saying anything and just keeping it going. What With most of the kind of medical serial killers, they're not kind of, most of it's not to do, it's the God complex with them, isn't it? Is that's the, yeah. kind of, the big factor with them is, is that power over life and death. That's the point, and that's, they don't really try and explore why he did it, because it's really not important why he did it, I don't yeah. think. You know, it's more about it's it's not important like like what his reasoning is. Because there is no reason. It's happened. That, that yeah. it's the film's about not not you know that they done it. It's like that you know how could it have happened. Yeah. yeah, but I I I found it very very interesting. Um, like I said, not a happy watch by any stretch. Yeah. yeah. Um, but a very solid. I would say six and a half out of ten. Good. 
cool. So, it's on the radar. Um, I did spot it the other night when I was channel hopping. I said to her, you fancy that? And she was, of course, like, yeah, we'll get around to it eventually. Even though I'm not a massive fan of Jessica Chastain, already read me and I'm going to, I'm going to cool. set aside I think, my... I think you'll get something from it. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so before we talk about one of yours, we'll talk about the next one of mine, which is a film called Bros, um, which is directed by Nicholas Stoller, who has got a very interesting um, sort of repertoire. He's done Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which I really liked. Yes. Um, yeah. He's got the five-year engagement, which I really didn't like that much, um, despite, despite a love for um, Emily Blunt. Um, he did a film called Bad Neighbours 1 and 2, which I really didn't find that funny at all. I liked the first one and the second one didn't do it for me. Yeah, um, and he also directed the, the animated film Storks, which really wasn't that great either. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, this is a film, yeah. it's very odd, it's yeah. sort of, yeah, sort of, mixed sort of, bag. Mixed bag, yeah. Um, so part of this film, it's a, a, a podcaster also in charge of setting up the first LGBTQ museum, because that's what a job is nowadays. <laughs> um, it's a gay man in New York, um, and he meets a guy at a sort of, at a, a nightclub, and they seem to like each other, they seem to sort of, have repartee. They seem to sort of bring something out. They seem to enjoy spending time with each other when they don't like spending time with many other people. So it seems like. The, but the film's really about them deciding: do they want to have a relationship? Do they want this to go to a level where they have something rather than just this casual thing that they're they sort of they're used to in their life? So it's just it's the, it's just it's a typical rom com of or only it's boy meets boy, yeah. boy kind of likes boy, other boy kind of likes other boy, boy not really sure. Alibi not really sure should they get together properly type thing and it just follows um, it just follows these characters and um, obviously like I said the spin on it is for the first time probably it's in a mainstream movie it's it's a fully gay couple doing it yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they've Billy Eichner who I actually find quite funny um, he is um, not really done much in Hollywood unfortunately I think he's only really done a notice he was the voice of Timon I think in The Lion King yeah, yeah, yeah. Being yeah. well, done a lot of stuff, and you also got Luke McFarlane, who apparently is well known for the Hallmark movies. He's like sort of very big in the Hallmark world, and this is sort of definitely a breakthrough for him. Not a massive uh, fan of Hallmark. Not a massive fan. You've also got a lot of people like um, Jim Rash from Community, uh, Doc Marie Jones, Peter Kim, Deborah Messing from Will and Grace, mm. uh, Guy Branham, and Miss Lawrence, which is a wonderful name we're in it as well. This. It's, it's, it's in many ways it's a breath of fresh air, not because it's a gay couple in the film, but it's a poly, it's a rom com that's just about talking. Yeah. You know, it's not it's very much like I would probably compare it most closely to something like Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Like Harry Met Sally, they fucking talk consistently and yeah, often. yeah, it's, a, it's just it's just table, you know. Table, table conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, this is very much that. It's people talking. It's not. There's no real big sort of romantic gesture setup stuff and sort of trying to do that big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just really enjoyed that and it felt like a bit of a throwback, even though like some of the content might be seen as more sort of you know not unique but sort of like you know woke and sort of trying to be fresher. That didn't really jump at me as much as anything mm-hmm. else. I was like, okay, there are a couple who like each other. I'm, I'm I can go with that. Yeah, it was yeah. actual the style of it that I found really interesting. Um, so and also and that's to me something I enjoy because I think I think I love a rom com but some of them are a bit stale recently. This yeah. felt bit, like Ticket to Paradise I watched recently as you've laughed at before. Yeah. That was very much your cookie cutter what you know from the most recent rom com yeah. that's painting by numbers. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so this felt a little bit sort of wee bit throwback was nice. Consistently funny throughout like I genuinely laughed at like pretty much all the way through it. A couple of proper belly laughs in it. Some of the belly laughs I would say will come from stuff that will make other people very uncomfortable. Yeah. Particularly your your white straight male crowd, I don't think will particularly um, get something from it. Um, do, you, do you not think we're, we're kind of evolved enough for that yet? Or? I would I would like to think we are evolved enough for it, but I know for a fact that a lot of people aren't evolved from it, so mm. that's that's the problem. But there is a scene where they have eventually, like they they have a, almost like they have like a, a the guy he likes is sort of involved with a couple, like a like a, a gay couple, and he sort of basically they're they're sort of like man meat that comes and bangs the both of them. So, but the difference the problem is like 
the 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 husband the one the, the main the one main guy in it who's like sort of the is a very attractive man but the guy the other guy that guy's husband is definitely not an attractive man and it's just like the forum trying to have a four way with like not involving this one guy it's it's genuinely pretty funny you know it's like just trying to keep this guy to the outside in the periphery you know like the ultimate like being an orgy and yeah. you're not allowed in you, 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 you can't come to this party yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it genuinely made me laugh and made me giggle how they can't go about that um does lose some traction um as most rom-coms do in the final third and it does i wouldn't go say it goes into tropes but it does a little bit sort of sink into the uh, the kind of stuff you expect from a rom-com um eigner very charming um but he's also an oddly dislikable he's very charming but also very dislikable mm. like you can see why he, he almost is everything you hate about the modern man of being like a sort of a woke person you go like i don't think i'd like to be in your company for any length of time but yeah. I do find you quite enjoyable in this. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. You know the kind of person we're talking about. You go, you're in, you're into everything, and also you're very political and you're very socially conscious. Yeah. But I think you'd be fucking boring as fuck to be in the yeah. same room. Yeah. You know, in a movie, you know, you've got an hour and a half to spend room, and then you're gone. So, so yeah. You find it enjoyable, yes, yeah. you enjoy it. Um, same with Luke McFarlane. I thought he this should be a real good breakout role for him. Um, I thought he was excellent in it as well. Um, and, and I really enjoyed him. And it just it felt in a many ways fresh, but also very recognisable and maybe that's important you know it is something that's maybe different to some people but ultimately it's the same story it's just two people kind of finding their way and finding yeah somebody else, somebody somebody what you sit and chat to for at night essentially yeah, yeah. That you companion, know that, that yeah person. companion whoever that person may or may not be um so yeah i i, I dug it i thought it was, i thought it was very funny um cool. and like i did laugh a fair bit throughout it so if it's a rom-com, it's done its job by making me laugh. I thought I compared it most to that one with Amy Schumer. Um, the woman she plays, the kind of hot mess who suddenly oh, finds herself. Yeah, I know the one. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called. Tommy John Cena in it as well. Yeah, yeah. That one. Yeah. Probably compare it closest to that as opposed to um, anything sort of more traditional. Yeah. I, do, I, I do want to see I was going to try and see it the other night, but if it was too ill and I went home instead, so it is, yeah. so it's one that I want to, I may try and get to see it still. So. Yeah, You're I so can imagine really there'll be a lot of walkouts in it, people maybe not, but then the poster's not fucking subtle, it's two guys pretty much, you know, grabbing each other, like if you, if you go into that film not knowing what it is, then Yeah, you're you're the problem, not the <laughs> film, <laughs> you fucking idiot, yeah. But yeah, but the, the actual the LBGTQ stuff I thought is great to see and it's wonderful representation, it, it, it was actual the, the content itself I found more interesting than the actual like the sort of the politicalness behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yes, I enjoyed it. Seven out of ten for myself. Whoa, big score. So yeah, yeah so you're doing that one. You're moving um, so far. Tell us something you saw this week, Colin. You want to talk about? Um, so uh, not X. We talked about that last week. <laughs> yeah, not not X. I know. Uh, but I've seen this two weeks ago now. Um, yeah. and I've seen it twice now. Uh, Black Adam. So you, right, okay. you, you have not seen Black no. Adam yet. Um, so, so for the uninitiated, um, Black Adam is the the anti-hero in the, the Shazam universe. Yes. Um, he's played in this movie by the one and only Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very kind of different. Dwayne Johnson, he's, he's not kind of playing... He's, you know, he's, kind of, he's not playing the comedy role. He's, he's very... No, almost he's, 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 he's playing it very... I, I kind of read somewhere, and I think it kind of rung true with me, it's very much the kind of Clint Eastwood style of acting with this one, where, you know, less is more. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's facial, it's expressions, you know, it's it's the silence that, that kind of lets him out, and, and he nails it. And okay. He actually, you know, it, it works for him, because we are used to seeing him, you know, being funny and you know, eyebrow coming in every now and again, yeah, no, none of that at all. You know, the cop just you know, straight down the line, um, you know, he took the role very seriously. Um, maybe to the detriment of the film is it's not but Shazam's a funny film. Um, yeah. this, it's a few kind it's of bits kind of levity in it, but it's, 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 it's there is a few bits, it's not funny. Um, also introduces um, a host of new characters into the DC universe. Um, Hot so we all, we all know who Justice League are. So this introduces the Justice Society of America, mm-hmm. um, who are, I guess, like, kind of B-list DC yeah. heroes. Um, so that introduces um, characters like Hawkman, um, mm-hmm. who's a fellow with hawk wings. He's black and can fly. Um, I hate talking about superheroes sometimes because it makes you sound like a big idiot. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, um, Atom Smasher, who is pretty much the DC Ant-Man. 
Um, oh, he's in um, Legends of Tomorrow. League yep. of Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, he's yep. played. He plays him in this, by the way. The other one, it was um, Brandon Roof. No, it's not Brandon Roof. No, no, oh. no, no. He plays the Atom. This is Atom Smasher. Oh, okay, sorry. Different character. Same powers. Different character. Um, dude, dude, for fuck's sake. I'm, I'm, DC's not my jam, to be honest. I'm really not. I'm not big on DC. Um, Doctor Fate. Um, played Basically by Doctor Strange. Yeah, but he was out long before Doctor I'm not, Strange. I'm not questioning that, but I'm saying for yeah. a part of the Yeah, but the DC equivalent of, of Doctor Strange, played by Pierce Brosnan, um, who pretty much steals the whole freaking movie. Because he's Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. yeah, but he, you know, he, he kind of gives it a gravitas that it probably doesn't deserve. Doesn't deserve, but, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it really does. It's like when Redford turned up in Winter Soldier, like, shit, you know, that's Robert Redford. That's like, oh, fuck, that's Pierce Brosnan. And yes. you know it's Pierce Brosnan because everybody yeah. else... And some some girl with powers that can make typhoons and stuff like that, and she can okay. the wind and stuff like that. So interesting characters as well. Yeah, and, and it's basically just um, Black Adam's origin story going back to like kind of five thousand BC. Um, you know, him getting imprisoned, coming back out, um, being a bit of a douche, um, not playing well with the rest of the team, um, and establishing him basically as you know, yeah, he's a kind of good guy, but he's a dick. Um, yeah. That's pretty much the film in a nutshell. But um, did you I, enjoy it? I did enjoy it a lot, lot more than because I kind of went in thinking it's going to be so bad it'll be good, mm. and I was happy. I was like, cool, you know, that was my expectation. I was like, cool, you know, that's a good expectation. If, if it kind of hits that expectation, then you know, you you enjoy it. And I came out like thinking I really quite enjoyed that more than I thought okay. I was going to. Second viewing cemented, and I was like, no, I. I enjoyed it. There, there was no, you know, doubts about it. I, I genuinely enjoyed it. Um, kind of has its usual problems. Third act was a bit kind of lazy. Um, you know, uh, kind of usual climactic kind of scenes were a bit kind of half. Punchy, punchy, kicky, kicky, smashy, smashy. Yeah, yeah, more, more or less. But um, overall, for for like a kind of two-hour movie, um, Star on the Rock and a guy with wings and shit like that. It, it yeah, it's it's, it's fun. Um, it, it, it's done proud, and it will probably give. The DC kind of fans a bit, a bit kind of faith and a bit of heart that there's, you know, that there's a, a direction that they could possibly go in, and this movie's maybe the kickstarter that it needs. Yeah, well, it's James yep. Gunn's now in charge of the DC universe, so when he, he's yeah. new, he's like the kind of Kevin Feige, Kevin Feige of, of, of the DC world now. Yeah, yeah, which which is interesting as well. He's got, he's got his work cut out for him, um, but he could do worse than using this movie as, you know, this is let, let's yeah. go from here and, and yeah, involved from here, um. Get, go see it. It's a lot. I will. I will. Probably a lot better than you. Not maybe not as good, you know, as Marvel and stuff like that. But it'll be I think, better than you expect it to be. And I think you'll enjoy it. Um, I gave it a solid seven out of ten. Nice. I will. I will definitely go and see it. I do want to see it. I, I, I'm still investing in the comic book world, so I will definitely try and yep. see it at some point. Okay. So seven out of ten for Black Adam. I'm surprised yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. I knew. I kind of knew you would love it. It seems like the kind of film you would definitely like, regardless if it was shit or not. To be honest. Dude, uh, Brosnan's worth a seven. On his own. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, on from that, come let's go to some other stuff that people can watch at home. You can watch at home even in your sick bed. And that one is called Run, Sweetheart, Run. Um, directed by Shanna Fest, who directed a film called Endless Love, Country Strong and the Greatest. Um, this is, they're all kind of, I think, from what I remember, quite kind of rom com sweet kind of films. Um, like Run, it, yeah. Sweetheart, Run is definitely not that. Says a woman who is working for a... Um, She's like a PA secretary. She double books her, her boss as her boss forces her to go on the business meeting. Well, the business meeting, it all, it all goes very well. This is her in the business meeting seem to kick it off very well. Um, and then all of a sudden it goes very wrong as he begins to pursue her across town. Um, and you begin to find out that he may not be entirely who he says he is. He may not even be human as far as you're aware. Um, oh, that's fucking yeah. dark. Yes, uh, an epic battle across this, the town begins as she tries to escape him um, and his his will. Where can I see? I'm, I'm sold already. Is this on Amazon Prime? Sold. Yeah. So you get Ella Balanska in the film, who I've not really seen him much, but she's a sort of the main lead. You've got Pilo Asbok again. He's in Game of Thrones. He's also in that film we watched with the Samaritan. He plays the bad guy. Oh right, yeah, the one that was in Ghost as well, uh, Ghost and Machine, yeah, yeah, yes, I, I quite like him, he's great. Okay, yeah. you've got um, Clark Gregg in it as well, and Betsy Brandt, and Show Ray Agodashlu, who plays sort of a, a major role in it as well. Um, I liked it from the start, I enjoyed the start, I thought it was a really interesting twist in the Stalker Chase movie. 
sets up a kind of interesting world, makes some weird choices, some weird odd fourth wall breaks, which didn't really make sense to me. It, it really threw me, to be honest. It felt totally, it felt very odd, very strange. Which, um, Did it have it, other elements, or was it just let's break the fourth wall? Because I, 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 I don't want to explain it, you've not seen it yet, to put it mad, yeah. but I, I was almost not watching it, and Jill was going, did you see what he did to that? He, he was very odd, I'm like, what do you mean? And we round it, and he's like, he does it, like the character breaks the fourth wall, not in a, not just like sort of catching eye of the camera, it's a very deliberate action towards the audience. Mm, that's so, so cute. But see, you've got me really, really yeah. now, man. I'm, 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 I'm probably selling the world I should sell, to be honest. Um, Blinsky is good. She plays a really good heroine. Um, not just a scream queen. Um, as we, I was again less so, man. I don't like him. I don't think he's got any sort of acting ability whatsoever. Yeah, he's, he's not a great... I mean, he's, he's, he's quite a kind of... He's a handsome lad. Aye, he's, he's, got, he's got looks. Aye, he's a kind of interesting looking fella. Yeah. Aye, aye he's got a presence. Yeah, pre- that's it. He's definitely got a yeah. presence about him, yeah. and that's, that's a big thing. But yeah. as an actor goes, he didn't really, he didn't really have much menace to him, I would say. You know, um, the main menace comes from seeing her reaction to him, and they make a point of doing something in the film that he shows her how menacing he can be, but the, the audience never see it. So I think there's a purpose of budget, the reason why you don't see yeah. it. Yeah. But it felt, I felt a bit cheated. It's like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, what is it? Yeah, I want to see it. Show me, show me. Well, it is, <laughs> it, it is um, produced by the Blooms, uh, Bloom House, so there is sort of obviously that element to it. They're, they're always good for budget. Um, it's a very, I thought, a very unfulfilled ending in that it all comes together a little bit too easily and feels oddly simple in the point of going, like, if that is so simple, why has no one done that before with it? Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. You know, it felt, felt way too easy. Um, but for a 90-minute thriller chase horror, it's all right. It, it's decent. It's enjoyable Friday night viewing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, think um, it's a solid 6 out of 10. Um, I was just going to say, what you're saying there about the, the, the ending, um, yeah, that, that seems to be a big problem for, for a long time. But I guess, like, you have a good idea. You know, and it's, it's an idea, it's gone in a flash, and then you need to make that in a 90 minute tour film. Do you know what I mean? So, I, you know, you need to be fucking quite smart and, you know, really have idea fully formed to, to see it through for 90 minutes or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, like, it's, and this, the idea is fully formed, but they just, I feel the ending is just uh, for this guy's project as the biggest bad of biggest bads. Mm, mm. And the, the, the finale of the film and how it all ends feels overly simple for the character. I'm going, that just feels too easy and obvious. Like, if that was the case, anyone would have done that. You know, it it makes the heroine less special. Yeah, yeah. That she somehow, you know, like, if anyone could could defeat a Terminator, then Sarah Connor's not as as great. The fact that she can take it on and beat it makes her feel... That makes yeah. her either feel more powerful. Whereas if we can all do it, then Terminators aren't. They're not a threat. That's like, Aye. Who cares? You know, Ripley, with, fuck, yeah. Ripley with Alien. You know, yeah. if, if the Alien destroys everybody in the crew, it eats half a Marine team, but can't kill Ripley. And that makes yeah. Ripley stronger for that. You know, that's why we get behind Ripley. She's a character who yeah. is different from the rest. And this character doesn't really seem to do much that makes him feel makes her feel special in that regard. Up until that point, she's pretty good, though. And then it's mm. like the finale kind of just lessens a little bit. But yeah. yeah. Six out of ten, Colin. It's not bad for a kind of guess horror film, I guess. Yeah, yeah not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about, Colin? One that you've seen? Uh, no. No? Well, one that we've seen together. We, we'll, we'll do that one last. Oh, do that last. Oh, all right, okay. So, okay, we'll best best last. Um, so the last one I'll talk about that I've seen that you've not seen is one called Barbarian, which is in the, in the cinemas just now, um, directed by Zach Krieger, who was apparently part of a comedy troupe. Um, apparently that's now the thing. If you're a comedian, you can now do horror films. That's uh, that's. Thanks, Jordan thanks Peele, for that, Jordan, Jordan Peele. Opened the road for us all <laughs> um, uh, who are involved in comedy to do this. He also did, made a film called Miss March, which I don't remember seeing. He co-directed mm. that film, sorry. Um, and everybody I've heard who's talked about it said it was pretty much fucking horrendous. So yeah. this is definitely a change of direction for him, and he's definitely the vibe is different in this one. I would say apparently the story came to him in some sort of fever dream listened to an interview with him and he sort of battled it down. He woke up one morning, just sort of wrote it all down and sort of refined it over the course of a few months and this is what it is. So it's, it's very much, it's sort of, it came to me in a, a moment of, you know, inspiration, let's call it that. I should have wrote uh, shit down last week, shouldn't I? Last week should have done, yeah, you couldn't have thought we could doing right now. <laughs> um, so what this one's a woman turns up at sort of like an Airbnb, gets there, there's no key in the door, she's panicking, what the hell she can do? Turns out the room's, the house has been double booked. 
um, and there's a guy in the house. Um, so because there's no other options, so they stay anywhere, she decides to stay in the house with him, um, which seems like a bad decision, obviously. Um, but then becomes that's not the worst thing that's in this house. There's, there's something even more than that. And that's kind of what you really say about it, because there's a lot of weird twists and turns in it that, that is more than that, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. It goes in a lot of very different directions, but that's the basic premise. There's something in this house. People need to escape from this house. Okay, cool. Okay. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds, sounds like my cup of tea. You can film, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Georgina Campbell pops up in it. She's the main woman in it. You've got Bill Skarsgård plays the person who is in the house as well. And I feel if you see Bill Skarsgård, you don't stay with Bill Skarsgård. Like, no, he's, <laughs> he is, um, he's blessed with some creepy-looking fucking facial features. That boy. Yeah, uh, yeah, I feel, yeah. Great actor, but yeah, but, you, you wouldn't want to be stuck in another film. No. No, definitely not. And definitely <laughs> not overnight in Detroit with him. That's what I would say. Um, also, you've got Justin Long pops up in a role. Um, and also, I think you must like this actor, Richard Brake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, very yeah, weird-looking guy, very yeah. big tall man, I would yes, say. Yes, I know, yes. I know what you mean. Um, back to Justin Long. Uh, is it um, the Justin Long we became accustomed to seeing Kevin Smith where he's not reined in, or is this a reined-in Justin Long? I would say it's a reined-in. He plays an actor who has basically been pulled off a show because someone's made a sexual abuse claim against him. Right. And he's frankly trying to sort out his life. He owns the property just because right. he owned the property. No, he doesn't know about it. He has somebody buy houses for him. Yeah. You know, sort of the way actors do it, try and make extra money as a landlord, essentially. Yeah. And he goes to the house and that's how cool. his involvement comes into it. Um, this is genuinely fucking creepy. Like, genuinely creepy. Yeah. Um, and a, a kind of scary horror that you are completely uneasy throughout. Even in the opening when it's, you're talking, you're seeing the... Virginia Campbell character and Bill Skarsgård, you're screaming, you just know something's not fucking right because he starts acting supremely nicely to try and set her off, to make her not feel uneasy with him. But yeah. the nicer he becomes, the more you the go... Gets, yes! Uh, you're like, yeah, like, oh, yeah. he's too far too fucking nice now. You know, it's like, you know, he talks about being like how he, you know, women's rights and wokeness and how he, you know, he won't, you know, that kind of you're going like, oh, no, 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 you're, you're definitely up to some shit here, no, man, no. I don't like it. Alarm bells, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely <laughs> right. Um, so it constantly keeps you off balance. There are some insanely bizarre tone shifts in it, like just that absolutely swing from nowhere that really catch you off guard. Did it land, though? They do land, that's the point. Yeah. They work brilliantly well. But you're kind of going, what the fuck? Where the hell did that come from? Where did that came from? Like, come from? So, the, the, and it really, because that, it really keeps you off guard with the whole film. You've really no idea what's going to be coming next. Um, for the most part, the characters make bad decisions for good reasons. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. But not like, whereas like Halloween... The recent one, Halloween ends, everyone makes the worst possible decision for the worst possible reason. Yeah, it's a cliche. Every cliche. decision is a fucking horror movie yeah. trope cliche. Everyone, yeah, yeah. That's for the most part. The writer and director, uh, Zach Krieger, for, the, for I would say about 85% of the film makes a character make a bad decision, but for a purpose it makes sense. Yeah. I think it's really important the horror film. You actually, it, yeah. you can, it becomes more believable. You know, like, why would you stay in this house with this guy? Well, because yeah. she's in the middle of Detroit in a shit area. She's nowhere else to go. She's desperate. This is what she has to do. So it makes yeah. it makes yeah. sense. The, the tie in towards the end, you get the usual, you know, motherfucker. Don't go back for the don't go back for the cat type thing. You yeah. know, it's like you know, yeah. You, yeah. you get those kind of moments. But for the most part, it does hold together as bad people, good people making bad choices for right reasons. If that or yeah. you know, so I, I, that that was good. The full horror has forgotten about that recently. Yeah, it's definitely. Making titles make bad choices for yeah. no apparent reason. You know, yeah. all running up the stairs, all running back into trouble. Like, why? If there's a reason to do it, then by all means do it. But you've got to justify why someone yeah. did something. Well, then they're just a dumb bastard. Um, yeah. Is, is, there, is it a gory film? There's there is some gore, but there's also some really fucked up stuff in it that makes you. It's not gory, but it's like, oh, that's unpleasant. That kind of okay. stuff. You know. So you know, I, I want yeah. to see this so much. I, I really do. I just try to find a good time to see it. Yeah, I, you want to see it with an audience. Because yeah. I think I know it's a real proper Friday night, you know, late night horror movie that people will react to. Like I think verbally will react to it. You know, there is a lot of like, like you know, shock and gas yes. and yeah, yeah, very much that. And like I said, it is genuinely creepy and generally quite scary. And yet, and there's there's a kind of new baddie in it that's it's quite a unique and interesting baddie, I would say. 
So, um, yeah, Douglas in a big way. I thought it was, I thought it was genuinely excellent. Um, cool. and I'm really good to see what happens with it. Out of 10? Um, I'd say seven and a half. Ooh, for a horror film, dude, that's... Uh, like any horror that scores more than five is... is yeah. Works, do you know what I mean? Seven and a half is a fucking yeah. hefty score for a horror film, dude. That's, certainly uh, not, it's certainly not on the label of like, Get Out or anything like that. It's yeah. A, yeah. It's, and, it's, and it's almost it's not quite that new horror. What is it they call it? The new horror. Elevated horror. It's not yeah. quite that. It is still holding to the tropes of traditional horror, so it's not yeah. trying to elevate it, but it's doing it very well, I would say. Cool. I will try and see this next week. This and bros. I see you're a pain in the ass. I'm trying to go and see stuff, and you give me more stuff to go and see. There's not much out next week. There is only like I said, there's one out next week that you're definitely going to want to see, and I'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. um, let's go on to the last film, one we've both watched. Um, it's on Netflix. It's called Wendell and Wild, mm-hmm. um, directed by Henry Selick, the man who behind such things as Coraline. Yep. Um, Monkey Bone, which I absolutely love that no one else has ever seen, um, and also Nightmare Before Christmas, obviously has big one. It is, it is, it's, it's not Tim Burton's, it's Henry Selick. Tim Burton yeah. produced it. I think yep. we, should, we should definitely make that, that point. Um, in this film, you've got basically it's set in hell, where well, there's a young girl who, sorry, first of all, who loses her mum and dad in a car crash, and she begins to think that she's to blame for it all, and basically goes off the, the dodgy track and starts to behave badly. Yeah. Um, in hell, there's two demons called Wendell and Wild who have a really bad job basically putting the hair on their dad's head. Is that, yeah. is that the job they have? Yeah. Um, but they're alerted to the fact that if they can get this young girl to sort of summon them, they can walk the earth and get out of hell. They're basically demons who want to escape hell. They're almost Bartle Blaine Loki of dogma. Yeah, yeah. They want to escape hell. But they are quite charming in many ways. They're sort of a bit kind of silly and sort of like... Goofballs, yeah. Goofballs, yeah. Goofballs, yeah. Um, yeah. And sort of the plot unfolds from there. Um, yeah. as you, you've got Angela Bassett playing like a, a ass-kicking nun um, who basically fights demons and, and they're trying to stop this from happening because they don't want basically the gates of hell to open up and invade Earth. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all done in that wonderful stop-motion yeah. animation that, that um, Henry Selick is like sort of renowned for. Renowned for, yeah. yeah. Wonderful voice cast, like I said. You've got Angela Bassett in the role, but you've also got the, kind of, the real joy is having Key and Peel. Um, playing Wendell and Wild, which is something I think is is a joy to us all. And a, the, yeah, the, the chemistry those two have got is just it's so so natural, isn't it? You just hear them, even animated when you hear them, it's just like there's a magic there between the two of them. It, you like to imagine they're in the studio together doing it, and that's why it sounds so natural like that. Yeah, that's what I have to think. Yeah. Um, but also Jordan Peele's actually producer and writer of it as well. Yeah. He was very heavily involved. And um, you've also got um, Lyric Ross plays a young girl. Um, you get James Hong as well, as uh, Mara Smart. Uh, Ving Rames plays her dad. He, he's, he's the voice of his dad. He's the devil, yep. He's the devil, yep. Um, so it's got a decent wee cast in it as well. Um, and David Herbert pops up in it as well, actually. So what do you think of this one, Colsey? Um, right. Good first. Um, the, the the animation was beautiful. Um, Stunning. I, as you would expect, it had to be. You know, Hell as an amusement part, I thought was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So that's the concept. Is hell was an amusement part on the devil's body, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these demons want to do a better park on earth where they can kind of find their own kind of. This we don't want to do this for our dad. We want to have yeah. thing. Um. So it yeah it, it looked absolutely. Stunning. I just felt like. It was just messy as fuck. It was pulling in too many strings um, with not enough conclusion. Um, yep. You know, it was thrown in like, what? what's the hell, Maiden? Why is there a dude in a wheelchair? Yep. Why has he not got feet? Do you know what I mean? Um, it, w- he's got all these demons in a bottle. Where did they get the aim from? Why, yep. um, the, the, the girl um, was a very unlikable character as well. I get she was troubled. Her parents died, care homes and stuff like that. But she was just a really shitty person. Yeah. And her character didn't resonate with me. I just didn't like her. Do you know what I mean? She was a really nasty wee piece of work. She's um, not like Jack Skellington, who is a nasty piece of work, but you feel a bit, you feel attached to him. Yeah, yeah. She was just like not a very nice wee girl. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, but um, it, the, the, definitely there's a story there. Um, it let's say there's just they've the built too much around you know, yeah. the, the the story. Um, the the biggest kind of pity about it was that that Wendell and Wild weren't really in it that much. They disappeared for a bit after that. Yeah. Well, maybe for like a good like sort of chunk of the first act, the middle act, and sort of the finale. They sort yeah. of they're not important in the in the film. Yeah, yeah. And it feels um, a bit of a shame to name it after them and have these two like juggernauts in the role and just not use them. And when they're when they're on screen, that's when it 
it's the most alive when when yeah. it's the most fun just when they're yeah. there and yeah they just didn't really fully fully utilize them but yeah i just felt there was just way way too much going on with not enough backstory to to kind of make me care about why it was yeah. going on um you know it was just just messy um so it was like a beautiful looking mess that's uh, there you go it was an eating mess of a movie there you go that is an eating mess is the way to describe it there's so much in it to love you know like i said yeah. visually like henry Selleck films are always visually just yeah. to look at it's a wonderful form of animation he, and he crafts it so like perfectly and mm. you can, there's nothing but joy when you see it but yeah there's just there's maybe there's at times infinitely too much story yeah and other times there was no story like to, to, to build upon it felt like yeah. you need like, a middle ground with this um I did enjoy, like, obviously enjoy the voice cast. They're all very good. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed the, the soundtrack as well because she's a punk-loving girl. Yeah, and I like there's the some interesting good. music in it. There's, there's, um, a, there's a band called Death in it. See what yeah, yeah. Um, um, in my eyes, I'm going, like, holy shit, that's... that's yeah, we've got like, Death in, a, like, essentially a cartoon. It's not, not, it's not, it's not a kid's cartoon. It's not a kid's animation. I, I think it's very much an adult animation. Yeah, I, I kind of got that vibe. I thought if a kid was watching this, they, they would tune out very quickly. Yes. There's, there's nothing there. big themes in it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, yeah, I just think it just needed kind of a bit more kind of work on that script, um, tighten up a wee bit, you know, and just kind of let's focus on one story, not nine or ten stories that are, there's a feeling I think that the, the sum of its parts was not quite up to what was involved in it to begin with. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like the people involved, you go, I'm expecting greatness, and I kind of didn't. I kind of got a little bit flat, and that's yeah. how I felt. After going. Like I, I didn't hate it. There's nothing that I hated, and I was never really bored throughout it, but I never really felt that involved in it. Yeah, from, engaged. But, yeah, yeah. It's one of those, you quite happily pause it, make a cup of tea, tell about come back, yeah. watch another twenty minutes, you know, get up, talk about it again. Um, I'd, I scored it a 4 out of 10 I'd give it a 6 just six. mainly for the animation the animation is still uh, and the, and there's so many uh, so many great ideas in it yeah you know. but just I mean yeah let's say I'm intrigued I want to know more about Hell Maiden so I mean what, what's uh, the, the professor guy you know like the demon yeah. hunter it's, it's just it gives you nothing in him at all you know he's just he's just there um, the teddy do you know what I mean there's just so many bits there that they just throw in and you, you're meant to figure it out you know yourself you're like no tell me you know it's a good idea open it up yeah because you use it for another movie don't use it in this don't just throw it away in this use it, yeah. use it properly later on yeah 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 because yeah, it does seem like something that could probably work as maybe a kind of serious uh, uh 20 minute episodes i mean six or seven episodes just to kind of give you each week here's a backstory for well that mm. that would work yeah they could they could have done that with it and it may yeah. have been more kind of cohesive for it possibly yeah, yeah. so six out of ten for me four, so we'll say a five out of ten overall five out of ten. yeah, yeah. That, that's fair yeah but we'll yeah. give it we'll give it a five but we, we wanted so much more from it, i would say yeah yeah um just quickly before we we, we kind of do the, the the roll call and final wrap up i did watch one more thing um with, with lorraine we watched the evil dead part two and what do you think of it um it, it looks its age, but it still holds up nicely so well because the enthusiasm that, that Bruce Campbell puts into that film is infectious as hell. Yes. Um, just, yeah, if it was anyone else, it'd probably be terrible, but just, you know, the, the, what that man does for that film is it's just the amount of abuse that he puts himself through for The Evil Dead is insane. Absolutely insane. Lorraine enjoyed it very much as well. I think she's my favorite Evil Dead of them all. Yeah. Um, Lorraine used to get quite quite irritated uh, by my, my love for Bruce Campbell. Um, but I don't <laughs> think she was ever really exposed to him. And I think I'm chipping away and I think she's starting to, to get it a bit now. Uh, yeah. Nice. Nice. I'm glad you watched it. I enjoyed that one. But you have uh, to get... Will you inflict her on... Um, Armada? Of course. Of course. Unholy Trinity. He can't. You can't not. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean that's a fine film. It's it's a it's an Evil Dead for like a PG generation essentially. There's not absolutely. A... Yeah, it's Evil Evil Dead. I but without the, the, the kind of gore and the same level of madness. Yeah. Yeah. There's some mad stuff in it. Anyway, um, <laughs> next week column we've some interesting stuff to watch. Right. Oh, treat. On Netflix we get um, Enola Holmes too. Mm. I quite enjoyed the first one. I enjoyed I the first one a lot more than I, I, I was expecting to as well, and I'm quite yeah. looking forward to this one. Yeah. As am I. Um, we also have, we think, on Amazon Prime this week. Is it My Policeman, Your Policeman, um, Harry Styles? Harry Styles' Policeman, yeah. 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 Um, 
also still on Netflix. I'd take a chance to watch it this week. I might try and watch it um, in the coming week. Is uh, all is quite uh, quite Yeah, I was going to watch it the other night, and then I seen the runtime, and it's I thought, chunky. I, I, you need to plan your, your reading for that one. It's not one you just sit there and watch. It's got to be. No. I've got to set aside two and a half, three hours for this. You start that at like six o'clock to finish for like you know nine. Yeah, exactly. start at nine. Yeah. So, um, out in the cinema, you've got one called Cry, no, sorry, not Cry Jane, Call Jane, which is sort of a political thriller um, set in 1959 with quite a decent wee cast in it. Uh, Elizabeth Banks and Kate Mara and Chris Messina and Sigourney Weaver. Um, so it's, it's an interesting movie. Mm-hmm. But the one that I think you're going to have to go and see, Colin, is, one I've been hinting at, is one called Watcher. Watcher. Um, so it's Julia, Julia joins her husband when he relocates his family's native Romania. Uh, for a new job, but having recently abandoned her acting career, she finds herself frequently alone and unoccupied. One night, people watching from a picture window, she spots a vague figure in an adjacent building who seems to be looking back at her. Then she begins to get stopped by this person. So very kind of real windowy, almost. Yeah, yeah. But the reason why you're going to watch this, Colin, is why I know you're going to watch it. Is? The man playing, I believe, who's playing the body. Sebastian Stan? No. Mr. Bum Gorman. Oh! <gasps> Oh, I do like Bum Gorman. He yes. is a, he he's another one of those guys. It's like I don't know if he's a good actor or not, but his face is so fucking interesting. You just, <laughs> you just look at that face and you're just trying to figure out like yeah. how you know it, it pieced together in, in this weird way, but it works. He's <laughs> Bum Gorman is just phenomenal. He's and a great just, name as well. Great, great, great name. Um, but yeah, oh shit, yeah, I'm, I'm sold, sir. So See, I told you, I told you, I find a reason to watch this film, and that is a reason for watching it because it uses all the bad Bum Gorman. But it's the same. That's the appeal I've got with George Mackay as well. Is, is he can act his socks off, but you look at that face and it just it, it doesn't quite make sense. You know what I mean, it's just. You're just, you cannot look away. It's just like it's so compelling to watch. Brilliant. I feel the same about William Fickner. Yeah, same, same idea. Um, what's, what's his face? Uh, Shoveler and Mystery Men as well. Um, Jurassic Park 3. He's, Hank Azaria? No, fucking the main. Oh, William H. Macy. He's the same as well. They've just got these faces that are just not quite right, but in the right way. Do you know what I mean? Skarsgård as well, I guess. Char- I mean? yeah, like, characters, they've got a character face. They're not yeah, got a, yeah, yeah. characters, yeah. And you just want to watch and you're drawn in and you're just like, what are they going to do? Because I, I can't read them, do you know what I mean? So you don't yeah. know what the fucking going to do next um yeah i'm sold so absolutely sold. is this is this getting released in cinemas yes in cinemas right oh right okay so that, that then that's one i will go and see um that yeah well i will make a point i'm going to see that i knew you would see Colin. i knew you would i knew you would <laughs> you, know me, you know me sir um <laughs> you can find us on all the usual platforms uh elon musk twitter Elon Musk uh, Twitter, which we might not be on for much longer, but we're on now. <laughs> we're on there for the time being. Let's see how that goes. Uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and uh, we have an email account. Yeah, we, we might be on TikTok soon. If, if we get tw- if we decide to leave t- uh, Twitter, we might end up on TikTok. On TikTok, yeah, TikTok channel yeah. to be there. <laughs> and uh, we've got an email address, which I think we might need to change possibly for next week. To get a new email account so we actually know how it is. Yeah, because I'm, I'm convinced at least one person's emailed us and we've ignored them and I feel I feel like a hack for that so we'll set yes, up a new email address. It will be revealed next week. Yeah. <laughs> I've been calling you. I've been Richard. And we have been Three beers and a movie.